listener. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. I'm Emma Joyce, Broadsheet's Features Editor, and I host this brief audio guide to Sydney. Today, we have a special episode dedicated to the best of the best new restaurant openings this year so far. It's been an outstanding first six months. We've seen doors swing open at long-awaited ventures from the Pellegrino 2000 team, a firm favourite opened in the rocks from the Swillhouse Group, then there's Josh and Julian Island's new family-friendly fin-to-scale place. So, as part of Broadsheet's annual recap of the year so far, we have editors Dan Cunningham, Holly Warns and Grace McKenzie in the studio to talk about the restaurants that have blown us away and, just as importantly, the dishes we'd recommend at each one. Every year we put together a feature on the best new restaurants of the year, which is usually published in December. But every winter we like to mark the halfway point, the best new openings of the year so far. It's a good opportunity to hear about the venues, not just making a good first impression, but keeping us coming back for more. Dan, Holly and Grace from Broadsheet, welcome. We're treating this one a bit like an editorial meeting where we'll talk about some of our favourite openings of the year so far and why. I'd like to start with some of the big name openers. So I'm thinking the second, third or fourth venues from teams we already know and love. People like the Swillhouse Group. We've also got Josh and Julian Island. Maybe let's start with Peterman. Dan, you've eaten at Peterman. What did you make of it? The thing about Peterman for me is that you've got Josh Nolan's vision on a plate that is very, very accessible. Whereas St. Peter is, it's a beautiful place. It's a high-end place. But for a lot of people, that can be like an intimidating experience if you're not used to dining that way. Whereas Peterman, we were just saying before, it's, it feels family friendly and it's the one that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily take my mum to St. Peter, but I would definitely take her to Peterman. So what I loved about the story behind Peterman is that he's kind of, he's kind of looking at this history of fishermen and thinking about his fin to tail philosophy, but bringing it maybe, I don't I hate to say more accessible maybe, but it is, it's not a degustation menu. You can come with your kids. They've got high chairs now. It feels like the type of place where I can decide on a Sunday that I'd like to go and have a, like a beautiful fish supper. All those sea urchin crumpets that you love so much. I do love the crumpets. I really love the crumpets. I'm glad they're back. So what I love about Josh and Julie Nyland is that they have, they've taken their reputation and given us something new in 2023 that isn't a repetition of what they're already well known for. And I'd say this is probably the same of the Pellegrino 2000 team. They have opened Clam Bar in the CBD, and it's a steakhouse that has just blown away our writer, Ariella Bard. Ariella's not around the table, but anyone who's eaten at this restaurant will know that it is bringing in people for that brunch feel, that high-end feel, the idea of, I've just had a big week and I want to kind of, I want to get a great dinner, have the best possible wine, and just start my weekend on a high. That's correct. Ariella said in the story, she's like, it was a knockout. And that's exactly what I thought when I dined there. Obviously, they've got the the great seafood. The name says a lot. But they've also got really good sides and entrees as well. And just the dining space is so beautiful. We obviously had to try the clam spaghetti and that was delicious. And then I think the star for me was the side dish, which was like a macaroni. 
And Ariella said it in her story, it tastes like the best pasta bake you'll ever have and hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it tasted like. So I could definitely recommend Clemba. It's one of those places where it feels like it's timeless. Exactly. Yeah. And they have all of these like really cute details, especially things like their prawn cocktail dip. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's a throwback, but at the same time, very modern. Yeah. There's like the antique features throughout, but it's very classy. Uh, there's like, yeah, the little clams that are holding the menus. It, everything ties in really nicely there. It's an endearing spot. Even just the doors, like the way yeah. they, they enter, they swing open. It's stunning. It has been a big year for the CBD. And another one of those openers that feels like we were waiting for it for a really long time. We knew it was going to open in 2023, but it felt like it could be hampered by even more delays. This one in particular is in a historic spot. I'm talking about Le Foot from the Swill House Group, which was meant to open a lot earlier than this year. And since it's opened, it's almost all I've seen on Instagram. Everyone I know is going. They're having just the best time discovering what I know our writer Pillar Mitchell said was like a rabbit warren that she had to kind of find her way through to find the best seat and the best place to see. And they have pulled out all the stops in the way that they have decorated this venue. Dan, I know you are a fan of Le Foot. Huge fan. And we sort of touched on this when we had a more in-depth chat about Le Foot a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't heard that, that's a really good one to check out. When we spoke to Anton Fort of Swill House, he was saying that Le Foot was the most difficult opening of his career. And he's opened, he and his team have opened so many amazing venues, obviously. You know, there was some major setbacks in getting the venue open because of heritage, you know, opening inside an 1800s building. You can't just open it tomorrow. You have to go through that process. But for him, the the biggest thing was that, you know, at this point in the game, he and the team are trying to do something new every time and they're trying to, you know, push themselves to raise the bar every single time. LaFoot was worth the wait. Absolutely. It's like no other restaurant in Sydney, I would say. I think we're also really pleased that they didn't drop the ball. I know that they weren't, mm. they probably weren't going to, but when you have an anticipated restaurant opening like that from a big group, you do worry that, like, is this going to be the one where it doesn't quite work for whatever reason? Maybe the space wouldn't be right, or maybe they wouldn't be able to deliver on the service. But I would say they have completely delivered. It's really interesting to think about where these venues are going to be in, say, a decade. Like, are they going to be like institutional restaurants? These crews are young. They're all in their 30s, 40s. They've got a long way to go. And it's going to be really interesting to see what new restaurants they open, but then where these restaurants are going to sit in the landscape. I know exactly what you mean. And I think if Frankie's, which is one of Swill House's best known venues that had to close, if that had managed to stay open, I feel like it could have run for like 20 years. People I know, loved yeah. it so much. And it's really interesting that there's not a second venue that kind of replicates what Frankie's was all about. Instead, this is a completely different vibe. Sit down, long lunches, dinners, little kind of dates in nooks where you can kind of enjoy a two-sip martini. It feels like a completely different kind of restaurant. Now, I love that in this list, we get to talk about some of the restaurants that we love because they're just fun to be at. Grace, I know that you really like City Ultra, which is the pizza palace that opened up in Central earlier this year. What do you love about it? I love that it's so casual, that the food is great and that it's right by the train station. I love that you can walk in and there's tables that you can just lean against, like you're not settling in. 
you're just there to have a quick pizza that hits. It's a fun place. You know, the music is really good. Ben Fester, who is one of the co-owners, he's a DJ. So Sound Systems Primo. So they started by being a kind of pop-up at Poor Tom's in Marrickville. And I love that they've got their own space, but it also kind of feels like a bit of a secret. Not enough people know that you can just drop in, maybe you're getting on or off the train and have just an awesome night, maybe get completely derailed and end up enjoying yourself a bit too much. I reckon as well, like it's a good, I think Dan said in his article, it's like Marrickville in the city, which is so appealing to someone like me who lives in the East because I love the vibes that Marrickville has, but it's the halfway point rather than making the full trek. So that's really appealing. And shout out to their sandwiches too, you know, it's not just pizza there. They do like mad, huge deli sandwiches for lunch as well as pizza. Good shout out. You've got your birthday coming up (laughs) at City Ultra, is that right? Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. I'm looking forward to it. I love that you chose that venue for your party. Why did you do that? It's got to be pizza, right? And yeah, so easy to get a a small crew in there. You know, I'm not doing anything big, nearest and dearest. And we're just going to like pile in there and have a good time. Then there are kind of the neighborhood gems that we love because the locals are kind of pouring into these venues for great dinner and drinks and a good night out. But maybe the word hasn't spread that far yet. Holly, you talked about Louis earlier this year on the podcast. What do you like about it? Yeah, so I think people are starting to find out about it because of Instagram. The exterior of the place is so beautiful. It's the perfect shot. But yeah, inside it's just as good and the food's probably better. It's just really good Italian standard classics. They're doing a bit of a modern spin on a couple of the dishes. The ragu is really good. They offer bread that's complimentary and it's usually warm and the butter's to die for. I really love their Sunday sessions. So when I spoke to the owner, Chris, he said he really wanted to make it a spot for Coogee Locals to come. And they're planning to introduce the Sunday roast. So they're really drawing on that local feel. There's another place in Bondi, Machiavelli. I don't know much about this one, but it's made our list of the best restaurants to open so far. Grace, why? I'm stoked that it made the list because it only opened like the very end of June. So it's literally just squeezed in. It's a tiny little spot, 28 seats, just a few blocks back from the beach in Bondi. Yeah, it's from two mates, Jacob and Phil, who are from England and have settled over here and just love the Australian like lifestyle. They've got a great morning offering, which is just like coffee and pastries and like slabs of focaccia. But I think the real draw card is the nighttime thing. I thought I was done with burrata. I'm like, I don't want to see any more burrata, but I tried it. A beautiful dish covered in like peas and mint and olive oil. And it was just so great. They're focusing on small plates. They're all really fresh. And the entire team are mates. So they've been saying, I think, for a few years that they want to open up a spot and they didn't advertise for like any jobs or anything. They just had like a bunch of friends that were like so keen to get on board. You can really feel that when you're there, like everybody is really keen. There's great energy. Italian is dominating our list at the moment, but I would say that not all the cuisines on this list are about pizza and pasta. So Bar Soul is one of those venues in Surrey Hills that I know Holly is a big fan of. Why did it make the list? It made the list because of the warm atmosphere that I think it inherited from its former tenant, which was its cafe. So yeah, it had like a cult following. The locals love it. So when the owners were looking for 
a new venue to open the bar. They're like, it has to be in Surrey Hills just because they have such a devoted following. They decided to move the cafe just down the road and they opened Bar Soul in that space. And it's really warm. It's kind of the venue that's not a huge amount of fuss. You can go on there for a drink, quite an extensive bar food offering. So I wouldn't say like it's a bar. It's definitely got the restaurant atmosphere. My favorite dish was these cheesy croquets. They literally melt in your mouth. I think I say that a lot on the podcast, but these these ones do. <laughs> and then I really liked the duck, which is something I usually don't go for. But the standout as well is the chestnut tiramisu. It was so good. We don't talk about desserts enough, no. I think, as someone who's got a particularly sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. So where would you go if you want to kind of go all out and treat yourself? I would say Amarica. Yeah, so that's another one in Surrey Hills. It's not too far from Barsol. It's quite extravagant, but it does have a lunch offering that's a bit more accessible. Just the space itself is so grand. You walk in and you can tell they put a lot of thought into the layout and then the dishes equally so. It almost feels like New York, but it's it's very much a French-inspired place. And so we're talking about like you can get seafood towers. There are five types of steak frites, not one, but five. Each one of those steaks is from a different supplier. A place that beautiful, it probably costs a fair bit to, to get off the ground. And so, the, you know, the, the VIP prices probably uh, probably warrant that. That's another star dessert. They're like little chocolate box and it doesn't even look like it's edible. It's so beautiful. It has America written on it and you smack it open and there's ice cream in there. That was, that was top tier. <laughs> they also have their own America branded caviar. This is how far they're pushing the boat out, right? They're actually branding their own caviar. So that says it all. Venues inspired by New York dining institutions feels like a bit of a theme so far this year as well. I'm thinking of Palazzo Salato, which is the latest venue to open from the Love Tilly Divine group. But this one seats 120 people. It's far bigger than any of their venues prior to now. And they've done it in a beautiful dining room in the city as well. We've all eaten at Palazzo Salato. Yeah. Does anyone have a standout dish? The scarpinot with Andean sunrise potatoes inside. I just thought it was so amazing. It was delicious. My partner and I didn't talk to each other while we ate it. It It's just like eyeballs. (laughs) It's a pasta palace. And I think the spaghetti with bataga, which had the raw egg yolk on it. And you just bust that thing open and you just stir it up. Really good. See, I was all about the steak. Remember the steak? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the, and the potatoes that went with it. I think that was my favorite. Just being in that space is a really nice experience. I remember when we walked past and it was, well, hadn't opened yet and the door was slightly opened and they were doing them really detailed paintings that are above the bar. And I was like, this is going to be good. I'd say probably one of my favorite dishes was the Spanner Crab at Palazzo Salato. And what I like about what this group has been able to do is they have definitely scaled up to a size that doesn't seem too intimidating as somebody, as a diner, who can just walk in and then enjoy a couple of really well-made pasta dishes in a space that feels like it's, it's an extension of what they already do at Regazzi and La Salou and Love Tilly Divine and the rest of the group. So I'm really pleased that's made the cut as well. Well, I feel that that's just a taste of the best new restaurants to open this year so far. Obviously, we will do another major recap at the end of the year, but you can find the full list at broadsheet.com.au. 
And we'll be publishing wraps of the best new bars and the best new cafes to open this year too. So a lot of fun in store. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Emma. Thanks. Thanks. And that's all we have time for today. As always, you can keep up to date with what's happening around Sydney at broadsheet.com.au and at broadsheet underscore Sid on Instagram. A listener production.